Welcome to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Baria and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Baria. Well, welcome to Docs in a Pod, the award-winning podcast and radio show. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you on board. And our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, is with us as well. Dr. Baria is Medical Director for Wellman Medical Management. She's been part of the WellMed family for nearly seven years and currently a provider at the WellMed at Ninth Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. And Dr. Baria uh, earned her degree at the University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she completed and then completed her residency in OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary's Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. Dr. Baria is board certified in family medicine, which she loves. She also loves to travel and recently spent some time in Singapore. And Dr. Baria, before we jump to talking about self-care, talk to me about Singapore. What was that like? Singapore was fabulous. I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I knew that it was like a financial capital in Southeast Asia, but the main reason that we went is because my husband is an avid Formula One fan and it was his birthday in September, and the weekend before his birthday was a Formula One um, race in Singapore. And um, interesting facts that I learned while I was there was that Singapore has 31% of the population is Chinese. And I thought the majority of their population was Indian and Malaysian. So that was interesting Ah. fact that I learned while I was there. And was it easy to get around about language and uh, customs? Yes, everybody speaks English. And um, there were, if you were going to visit the temples or anything, you did need to have your shoulders covered and your arms covered and not, um, they didn't want you to wear very short outfits. Um, But everybody was extremely friendly and extreme. I don't think I've seen a city slash country that clean. I mean, you can literally eat off the ground if you wanted to. Of course, the the government is supposed to be rather oppressive. Yes. No. Oppressive? No. They're impressive, I thought, because they actually don't even have a homeless population there. They, um, The government pays for everything. If they think that you're even remotely going to be homeless, they will put you up in housing and pay for you to make sure that you're getting food and lodging. Yeah. What's your next trip? Um, Another Formula One destination. So we're <laughs> going back and forth between Japan, Australia, and um, I, Austria. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too easy for my husband. <laughs> exactly. So let's flip now to... Uh, something that you have a very special interest in, and we're delighted uh, to have you not only as our co-host, but guest today. And that's the whole topic of self-care. How much should we be doing for ourselves, and how do we do that? You know, it is something that I really didn't get interested in until the pandemic started in 2020. And since then, I've been paying great attention to it because I feel like we neglect 
ourselves the most. Um, and it is something that they touch upon in med school and in residency, but nobody really talks about it much. And what I found is if your tank is empty, what do you have left to give somebody else? And how can you be effective caretaker or clinician if you're you've got nothing you're running on fumes uh and that's when i really got interested in this the pandemic providers were really stressed because we were trying to keep all of our patients out of the hospital and trying to make sure that they were taken care of um it was just a multifactorial issue that we were dealing with and that's how i got interested in it and many patients were afraid to come into the clinic anyhow yes. uh, for fear they'd get COVID. Yes, exactly. Um, and so one of the things that I do, I do this talk for new clinician orientation. And one exercise is called a brain dump. And what I ask the participants is, I just want you to write down I'll give you a minute or two, write down what's on your priority list in your brain right now. Just write it down. Uh, and, you know, I tell them ahead of time that it could be whatever comes to their minds. They don't have to share it or anything. So, you know, they can feel free to be honest on that piece of paper. So after the two minutes are up, the question that I ask is, how many of you put yourselves down on that list? And every time I do this talk, it's amazing to me. If I get one person to raise their hand to say that they put themselves down on that list, I think that it's a win. But usually nobody raises their hand to that question. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with us. Our co-host and guest today, Dr. Audrey Barry, and we are talking about self-care. By the way, you can listen to Docs in a Pod uh, wherever you are comfortable listening to your podcasts. And for some of you, you can hear us on the radio as well, depending on where you live. As you talk about this kind of self-care approach, Dr. Barria, uh, one of the things that often comes to mind, especially for caregivers, if you don't care for yourself, you won't be there to care for your care recipient. Exactly. Exactly. And so one thing a lot of caregivers have complained is that they just don't have the time because they're so busy taking care of the person that they're taking care of. And um, my rebuttal to that is, but if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good to that other person that you're caring for. Because if you get sick or if you're in some way incapacitated, who's going to be there to take care of that other person? And that's their aha moment. It's like, oh, yeah, you are right on that. But so I always tell people that start small. Don't try to take a whole day off for yourself because that's going to be overwhelming. Start with, hey, this half an hour every day is dedicated to me decompressing and doing something that I like to do that's just for myself. And this goes for parents, um, siblings, everybody. It just goes for parents need that time away from their children, from their spouses, from, you know, just the decompression time. Uh, it could be something as simple as, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. 
I'm going to go watch a sunset. Uh, I'm going to just read my book uninterrupted for 30 minutes. Um, could be anything. And then on the medical side, uh, when you talk about self-care, the things that we ought to do, especially uh, for those who are Medicare eligible, who may be getting up in years, the kind of preventive medicine that helps us with that self-care. What do you think of when I tell you that? I like to tell my patients that are able to, to go join a Tai Chi class. I mean, that's, you know, that's teaching you form and balance, and that's good for everybody. Uh, try meditation. Uh, a lot of people are reluctant to try it because they think, oh my God, I have to sit still and I can't think about anything. Yeah, again, start small. Do five minutes, you know, and if you want to chant something, go ahead and chant it if that's going to keep you focused. But And there's a big emphasis on mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mindfulness and gratitude. Um, sometimes it can feel like gratitude is overused, but if it's done genuinely, it has a great impact on people that you're around. And if you just, you don't know what kind of impact you have on somebody else until you've said your thank you, or you could have made that person's day because let's say they, they're going through something really tough. You don't know about that because not everybody walks around with their hearts on their sleeves. And um, that little bit of appreciation and gratitude goes a long way because you just never know what kind of impact you've had on somebody else. Now, when it comes to uh, self-care, uh, more and more folks are relying on Dr. Google as a way to figure out what's going on in their lives. And I've heard plenty of primary care physicians like yourself caution patients when you get into Google and you ask a medical related question, you can't necessarily rely on the answer. Right. Because you really do need to talk to your primary care provider and not just rely on what Google MD has said to you. And it's because you know what? There, Google is a search engine and it's looking at a multitude of articles and podcasts and anything else that's out there on the internet to get the information that they're dispensing. And so you can't take it, I should say, you need to take it with a grain of salt and just see if that's gonna be the right approach for you. And the only way to do that is to talk to your primary care provider. How often should we see a doctor uh, uh, on an annual basis, semi-annual basis? What's your recommendation as part of that self-care approach? It is patient dependent because if you're somebody who has a lot of comorbidities and a lot of illnesses, you should be seeing your provider more often to now, make sure what, that you're stable. Now, what are comorbidities? Um, diagnoses, like if you have multiple diagnoses, such as diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, the more diagnoses that you have or illnesses, the better care that you want to receive in the sense of when I say better, more often to make sure that you're stable and all of your diseases are stable. So if you're somebody who's not taking any medications and you're doing really well, see your doctor or your provider once or twice a year. But if you're somebody who's on multiple medications and you see specialists, you wanna make sure that 
your medications that you're taking, you're taking them appropriately, that you're taking them at the time that they're prescribed to be taken, and that you follow up with your providers, all of your providers. And if you take a look at uh, male versus female, uh, one of the parts of self-care for females uh, has to be the mammogram as they get older, making sure that they are up to date on identifying and hopefully preventing breast cancer. Right. And this is October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So definitely, and I know we make a plug for it in October especially, but it's an all-year thing. You should be getting your mammograms. The If you've never had any breast cancer history or family history, the recommendation is every two years. And if you do have family history, it's dependent on what kind of schedule that you've come up with with your provider as to how often you need your mammograms. And they are more and more accessible, are they not? Yes, absolutely. And the fear of radiation exposure or anything like that from the mammograms, it's negligible. It is a preventive um, entity that we definitely recommend because if you catch breast cancer at an early stage, it's definitely curable. So you don't have to be afraid. We're going to come right back to you, Dr. Bari. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod, the award-winning podcast available wherever you get your podcast and on the radio as well, depending on where you live. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with us. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. Well, we are so pleased you're sticking with us right here on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host and guest today, Dr. Audrey Barria. Uh, you find Dr. Barria uh, down in the great state of Florida, where she is a primary care physician and a medical director for WellMed Medical Management. We're talking about self-care. And Dr. Barria, I want to come back to the beginning for folks who may have just joined us. When I say self-care, you say self-care. Well, what is it you mean? Self-care, it, to me, is where you actually take the time and take care of yourself. And what do I mean by that? I mean, take 30 minutes, 15 minutes, if you have to start out with 15 minutes because you feel that you're too busy, um, just to stop, smell the roses, or just to take a deep breath in and say, I need this time just for myself. And it is amazing what you can find that re-energizes you. You take those 15 minutes, let's say you're just sitting quietly and enjoying being in the moment and appreciating everything that you have around you. It could be something as simple as a sunset, the scenery out of your window, like right now, I'm actually looking at some trees and a lake that is in the back 
of my office and just appreciating it. And what does that do for you? You know what? It grounds you and it gives you the energy and the re-energization, if you will, to go on with whatever else you've got coming up. You know, it could be a stressful situation that you're in, or it could be that you're a caregiver and you needed to just take the time to take a couple of deep breaths and to move on with what you needed to do for the rest of the day. You know, you're in a profession where there is, unfortunately, a lot of burnout. And, and I'm, I'm assuming practicing self-care can reduce the risk of burnout. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is something that has always been around, but it came to the forefront with the pandemic. And they realized that large organizations, small organizations, uh, everybody realized that we really need to address the issue of provider burnout and staff and clinicians, and that if we didn't do something and talk about it, that it was going to get swept under the carpet and that wasn't a good place to be. And in your own work and in your clinic, uh, do you have colleagues who you say to yourself, man, they are close to burnout? Yes. Yes. I actually, there was um, one of my colleagues was hadn't taken a vacation in a very long time and we could see the signs that he definitely needed to take a break and, what what were you um, seeing he was getting short tempered and things that normally wouldn't have affected him the way that they were the manifestations was that he was getting short tempered and very short fuse that would set him off and um just tired, not engaged the way that he used to be. So, and was um, someone able to interact with him and say, you yep. need to address this? Yep. I actually told him, I said, you need to take your PTO. You've got all this PTO saved up. What are you saving it for? Take it. And did he? Yep. And did it help? Yes, absolutely. He came back recharged. So, Interesting. You know, there's studies out there that have shown that in order for your brain and your body to realize that you're actually on vacation, you have to take five consecutive days off. Um, so these long weekends where we only take three days or four days, that doesn't cut it. And also, you're supposed to be away from your computer and your emails, and you can't say you're on PTO. And then still be checking your work email because that's like an oxymoron. No. That's a hard habit to break. Oh, it is. It definitely is. And when you travel, for example, when you went to Singapore and you were in Egypt not long ago, uh, were you able to break that habit? Yes. To I was. In I heard Morocco. a little pause there. Yes, because there was an important email that I was waiting for while I was in Singapore. And so I did <laughs> check my email, but I specifically was looking for that one email. So when I didn't see it, I would, you know, I didn't read all the other emails that had accumulated. Do you know, one of my bosses one time, this was when I had first started with WellMed, probably about five, six years ago, 
I'd only been at WellMed for about a year. She knew I was going on vacation and she knew what type <laughs> of personality I had. <laughs> and she actually made me um, take off from my phone the email app, the, the work email app, so that I wouldn't be tempted to look at my work email while I was waiting online at the Eiffel Tower or something. So ever since then, I had made a promise to myself that I would adhere to the advice that I was. That was really out. good advice and very, you know, uh, on the part of uh, your boss, yeah. uh, very, very well aware of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I guess it's fair to say you're pretty driven. <laughs> yes, yes. But you see, this is why self-care became so important, because while you're being so driven, you kind of forget to smell the roses along the way. And for those who are listening who say, you know, Dr. Barry, that sounds great, but, but I don't have the time for that. I, 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 I've mm -hmm. got to do, do this and I got to do that. And I got kids and I've got um, caring for my mom and I, I just can't do this. So that to that person, I would say. You know, there's a Zen proverb that I'm probably going to butcher, but I'll try it. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, um, for meditation purposes, the recommendation is to take the 15, 20 minutes and to meditate. And for those that are think that they're very busy, they should take the hour to meditate. So for that person, I would definitely say take the hour and meditate. Because anybody who says that they're too busy, they're the first ones that need it. But you hear it all the time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number one reason, I'm too busy. I have too many things to do. And then the answer is, well, after you're gone, you won't mm -hmm. be too busy. Exactly. Now, yeah. how does taking that time affect blood pressure, heart rate, oh, definitely, stress? Definitely helps. This is the reason my mother's been trying to get me to meditate for oh, 30 years or so. Um, <laughs> and um, she's only like, 30 years. Oh, yeah, only 30 years. <laughs> um, she it, she's an avid meditator and she is probably one of the strongest people, persons that I know in my life and um, strong willed and very calm. And it's all the years of meditation that she's been doing that definitely has helped her achieve that. Um, Did you ever ask her how she got into it? Uh, my grandfather, her dad, was a meditator and into yoga. And so that's how she got into it. And she stuck with it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Up until recently, uh, she's going to be turning 84 in December, but... Probably up until 10 years ago, she used to still do headstands and the whole bit. Like, so you find good. her uh, in the corner against the wall uh, doing a mm -hmm. headstand? Yes. Interesting. And do you practice headstands? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my excuse is I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> my excuse is I'd fall on my butt. <laughs> Well, before we run out of time, uh, when, when you think about self-care, uh, you're applying that to everybody. Yes, everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter what your occupation is. doesn't matter what your day looks like. Everybody needs to get into some sort of 
cadence of, hey, I'm going to take care of myself and start with five minutes, work up to 10. And again, like I had said earlier, it could be anything. It could be a walk around the block. Um, for people that are new to this whole concept, that's what I tell them. Just do something that's simple and then work your way up into longer periods of time. What about kids? Do you know play is one of the biggest forms of self-care? And the reason for that is when we were younger and we used to partake in playing games or whatever we were doing um, wholeheartedly, there was no hidden agenda with that. And that was when we were at our most carefree. And so if you can engage in playing, it's one of the biggest and best forms of self-care. So a quick story, a girlfriend of mine in New York, her daughter was playing, literally playing in the rain. And she sent me a snapshot of that. And I said, I would love to do that again. Just she was just splashing around in puddles because it happened to be a rainy Saturday afternoon. How cool is that? Yeah. And you read it, read about so much anxiety among young kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe the approach of self-care would make a difference. So thank you very much for doing double duty today, Dr. Audrey Barra, our co-host and our special guest. Thank you. This is the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk again soon. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra, and associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.